Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. We are so glad you are joining us today. Here at Skyline, our mission is to engage people to the gospel, connect them to Christ, and empower them to serve. For more information, visit our website at skyline.church. We hope today's message helps you feel engaged, connected, and empowered. Merry Christmas once again. Uh, Grateful you all came to worship with us on this Christmas morning. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21, as Joseph was trying to wrestle with this idea that uh, his betrothed was going to have a baby, and he was wrestling with it, what should I do, should I stay, or should I go, an angel spoke to him, and, and these comforting words the angel brought to Joseph, and he said in verse 21, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save His people from their sins. What is Christmas all about? What's it all about? I mean, I know what we would say, you know, the churchy answer, of course, is, you know, baby Jesus born in a manger, right? That's what it's all about. But in a recent survey, only 8% of people surveyed believed that the, the, the reason for Christmas was baby Jesus born in a manger. Other things popped into These family feud answers, you know, presents, Santa Claus, family, food, all these things. But even deeper, what is the essence of Christmas? What's the significance of Jesus' birth? Before I start my message today, before I jump in, I want to do, you know, two things. Number number one, I want to preface it by saying, I know the reason for the season, right? Right? But, uh, all you parents out there, I want to, to just kind of give you a little comfort and a little peace here and, and say, um, I'm not going to spoil or ruin anything, but I am going to make a big deal about Jesus today. So as we look at what it's about, I want to look at this verse, why Jesus came, and I want to talk about the gift that we've been given, but I also want to throw back our, our memory caps a little bit for, for us uh, adults Maybe let's go back to our childhood, but for you kids out there, maybe just go back to this morning. All right, what's the favorite gift that you've ever received? Think about that for a second. What's the, the gift that left you in awe, that made you the most excited, that you, you couldn't wait, your like, dreams had come true, your Red Rider BB gun, what is it that you wanted so bad that you finally got? For me, for me, it was the G.I. Joe Rolling Thunder. The G.I. Joe, that's it right there. Oh, man. Over three feet long, people. That's a big deal, man. My dad spent all night putting the G.I. Joe Rolling Thunder together for me. I love me some G.I. Joes. Wish I still had them to give to, to my boys. Uh, but I love that. Love me some G.I. Joe Rolling And so I was so excited when I saw that and my sleep-deprived dad handed that to me. I was so excited to have that gift. I think about favorite Christmas memories, and I look back at my childhood. My dad, he, he was a nut for Christmas, man. Just loved it and loved to make a big deal out of it. And I remember uh, one Christmas morning as I walked down the stairs, uh, we had this fireplace, and in front of the fireplace, boot prints of ashes. I mean, it was real. I saw it with my own eyes. It was amazing. And that brings us, and that brings us to uh, jolly old St. Nick, right? The, the large man... In the red suit. You know, I tell you, you can learn everything you need to know about Santa Claus from one song. One simple song. I'm not going to sing it for you. I, I warn you guys every time I quote a song, I'm not going to sing it for you. But you know how it goes. And if you want to sing, you can do your thing, right? You better watch out. You better not cry. 
You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming. Oh, you guys are in it. You're going to do it now. I feel it. You guys want to do it. We're going to do it, okay? You guys hit the Santa Claus is coming to town. I'll hit the rest, right? Uh, He's making a list, and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Oh, Chris, you better watch out. I'm going to take your job up here, man. Uh, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. One more time. Mm, I feel like a choir director up here. That's good. That's good. All right. So 68 words. We learn everything that we need to know about Santa Claus. This is where our ideas, our concept of Santa Claus really are formed through the singing of this song. We think about things like he knows when we're sleeping, he knows when we're awake, he, he, he knows if we've been bad or good. And so we worry about all these things, we think about all these things. And from these words, what can happen in our lives is we can form what I call a Santa Claus theology. That is, theology is the study or the belief of God, so what we believe and think and know about God. So our theology, what we believe about God, is impacted by Santa Claus. That's a Santa Claus theology. Santa Claus theology occurs whenever we let Santa Claus impact how we view God. This can happen in various areas in our life. We can let how we believe or what we think about one thing impact what we believe or what we think about another thing. Whenever you allow these other things besides, besides God's word to impact how you believe about God and what your theology is, then you're going to end up with bad theology. Whenever your theology is formed, what you believe about God is formed on hearsay, what you've heard others people say, you're going to end up believing heresy, which is false beliefs about God. This morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the difference between Santa Claus theology and the gospel. And and I want to thank God and I want to assure you today that Santa Claus theology is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you two big reasons today. We're going to be quick. We're going to we're going to ride through this real quick so we can get back to to our meals and other things. But two big reasons today. Santa Claus theology is not the gospel. Uh, Number one, let's start by looking back at Santa Claus's coming to town. As we go back to the song played in our minds, we learn that Santa is watching you. You know, when you think back of this as an adult, the creepiest thing ever, right? He's watching, he knows if I'm sleeping, he knows if I'm awake, I don't know how I feel about that. He's critiquing your behavior, and if you're bad, you get what? You get cold. Any kids get cold this morning? No? Hopefully not. No, you guys are all great, I can tell. Fantastic. kids. Uh, I'm going to tell you real quick how that cold tradition started. It started back in the fourth century. There was a man named Bishop Nicholas. Uh, Some people later would call him Saint Nicholas. And Bishop Nicholas, right, he pastored this church of Myra in Turkey. And originally, Bishop Nicholas started giving good gifts through the windows. There's a story, the tradition goes, that there was this family, this father who was single. The mom had passed away, and he had three daughters, and he was a very, very poor man, and he had no money to pay for the dowries, the wedding fee for his daughters. And so he was going to have to sell his daughters away because he couldn't afford to care for them and to to pay the dowries. And so Bishop Nicholas got wind of this. And so one night he walks by the window and he throws in one, two, 
three bags of gold into the window so that this father could afford to keep and care for his daughter's well. Well, the tradition continues, and the idea behind the coal was that, you know, Santa needed something when kids were bad, and since he came in through the fireplace, there's lots of coal there, so he'd just, you know, grab whatever was stuck to his suit or his boots, and he'd drop it in the stocking for all those naughty kids. And so it began, coal in the stocking for naughty children. Santa Claus theology Number one, this is what Santa Claus theology teaches us, is that you get what you deserve. If you've been bad, you're going to get coal. You're going to get what you deserve. You're not going to get anything good. But now let's look at the gospel. In the gospel, instead of you know, one song with 68 words, we have a, a book that has 66 books inside of it to help us understand God. But for our purposes today, I'm just going to look at a couple of verses. Number one, we're going to start in Romans 3. 23. How do we understand that Santa Claus theology is different than the gospel? So Santa Claus theology says, you get what you deserve. The gospel says, Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That, that all of us really are naughty, right? We're bad. We make mistakes. We rebel against what God has planned. So we tie that in. So according to Santa Claus theology, we all deserve coal. We all deserve to be punished, Right? Romans 6.23, it continues and it dives a little deeper into that. In Romans 6.23, it says that for the wages of sin is death. And so while Santa gives coal, uh, it says God gives death. That escalated quickly, right? That, that really went up there pretty fast. But So that's what happens. That's what it said. Now, however, that's not the end of the verse, right? So if, if, if God was just, if he gave us what we deserve, we, we would get death. That, that would be what we receive. But it continues, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is, is death, is coal, right? But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so while Santa will give you coal to shame the naughty, God gave his son to save the naughty. God gave his son to save us, those who are far from God because of our sin. He didn't want to, to make us live in shame and make us suffer the consequences and get what we deserve. But instead, God said, I will make a way. I'll make a way for you to be saved. I'll make a way for you to be made right with me. I'm going to do the heavy lifting, I'm gonna do what's necessary. I'm gonna send my son. He's gonna to come to earth as a baby. He's gonna live a perfect life and he's gonna die a sinner's death and then he's gonna to rise to a supernatural resurrection so that you, you who are, are far from me because of your sin, you who are Im impossible of holding up my glorious standard so that you can be saved, so that you can get what you don't deserve. And so while Santa Claus theology says, you get what you deserve, the gospel says, you get what you don't deserve. Because none of us deserve the free gift that we've been given, but God gives it to us. And in Jesus, God gave us a gift that we do not deserve. It baffles me, it blows my mind to think about this, to think that you know, over 2,000 years ago, God looked down on his creation, this world that was so lost in its own sinfulness. And, and even though we had been so naughty, God still desired a relationship with us. Even though we've rebelled and we've turned from him, he looked at us and he said, I, there's something about those people, right? I, I love those people. They're my creation and I, I want to make a way for us to connect again. So instead of sending all 
all of us to certain death, which we deserve. God instead sent his son to make a way so that we could be made right before him. And his arrival, the arrival of Jesus Christ, it marked the gift of salvation for us, for an unworthy world. He was a gift that we did not deserve, a gift that today on Christmas we celebrate, that we're thankful for, that God gave us what we did not deserve. If we look back at the lyrics one more time, let's look back at the lyrics. So that's point one. The gospel says we, we get what we don't deserve. Now the second one. Look back at the lyrics. We see, according to Santa, we are good so that we can, what, earn gifts. So that by our works, we can receive good things because we deserved them. We've earned them. And so we will tell our kids, if you're not good, you don't get any gifts, Right? Anybody, anybody use threats this year? Any parents out there? Yeah. No shame. I'm not shaming you. No, there's been a couple times. I didn't start it early, but there's been a couple times this week. I said, I've asked you three times. If you don't do it this time, I'm taking a gift back, right? Or, you know, maybe a gift will disappear. Maybe Santa will realize and he will bring you that. I'll tell the kids, you know, I'll, I'll use that threat a little bit. But that's a threat you can't use all the time. You can really only use it between Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you try to use it earlier, the kids think, I got time to make it up. You know, no worries. Uh, I can be good. You know, January is tough because what are you going to do then? You know, they just got all their stuff. Uh, so you can't bust that thread out in June. Uh, but the basis is this, that Santa Claus theology is work-based. It's what I do determines what I get. And, and once again, this is a huge reason that Santa Claus theology is not the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if it was, man, we would be, we'd be hurting. We'd be in trouble because we can't rely on our works to make us right before God. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine spells it out as, as plainly as anybody could. Paul says, for by grace, grace is getting something you don't deserve, right? By grace, you have been saved through faith. We must believe, but that grace comes to us by God's merciful hand. So for by grace, you have been saved through faith, this is not your own doing, Paul says. This is not something you've done. You haven't earned it. You haven't made it yourself. This is God giving it to you. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man, no one, no woman, nobody may boast. So while Santa Claus theology is work-based, do good, get good, the gospel is faith-based. We don't earn our salvation we, we believe that God has granted it to us. We believe that Jesus is the son of God. We believe that he lived a perfect life, that he died a sinner's death, that he rose a supernatural. We believe this. We believe he's the son of God. And because of our faith in him, we are given this gift from God, salvation to us. According to Santa, we're good so we can get good gifts. According to God, Jesus is the gift. And we aim to be good, not to get the gift, but as a response to the gift. Jesus is the gift, and we're good, not so that we can earn the gift, but because we've been given this good gift, we want to honor God with our lives, and we want to serve him to the best of our ability, and we want to please him and make him happy. We want to do our best to live for him. And so in response, out of gratitude, because of the gift of Jesus Christ, we, we live for him. We obey his word. We trust in him because he's given us this gift that we could have never earned by ourselves, this gift that we could never deserve on our own merit. We could never have been good enough to make things right between us and God because he's too holy, he's too perfect. But he had mercy on us. 
And we celebrate that mercy when we think about the gift of Christ Jesus that we've been given. Jesus was the gift given so that we could have this right relationship with God. Jesus took the punishment. He took what we deserved. He took the death that we deserved. And we got the gift that we did not deserve. The the world's greatest gift. The gift of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate today on Christmas. The gift of Jesus Christ. Maybe today. Maybe not today. But, but maybe today you received a gift that you, that you weren't too thrilled about. Maybe today you got a gift that you weren't too excited about. I, <laughs> I have to, this wasn't in my notes, but this happened this morning, and so I'll tell you. So, so we, we got our, our kids got some presents this morning, right? And uh, our son, a four-year-old, opened a present, and, uh, you know, he was like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they'd open all the presents, and then he, he looks and he says, ah, I hate this. Ellie can have this. So... <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, get the box, all right? Let's take that sucker back. We don't need to, all right. Uh, but have you ever had a gift? You've opened a gift and you, you just, you didn't, you saw it wasn't really appreciated. Maybe you got a look like Ralphie gave when he opened the, the, the PJs. If we have a picture, I think they're, right, that kind of look like, are you serious? You're gonna make me wear this, put this on. This is what you got me. Uh, in my wife's family, um, when, when you get a gift that maybe you're not too excited about, you say, this is the, the quote, you say, Man, I could, I could really use that, right? Yeah, I could really use that. You don't know what to say. I could really use that, yeah. Uh, so sometimes you, 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 know, you go to a large effort to get a gift. You, you spend money on it. You put thought into it. You work hard for it. And you get this less than enthusiastic response. And when you have taken time out of your schedule to, to buy it, you've sacrificed to attain it, you've put money into it, we put a lot into that gift, and when we receive a less than appreciative response, it can be frustrating, like it can hurt, it can make us a little bummed out, it makes us wonder what I did wrong or what's happening here, and it's not a good feeling when we give a great gift and we feel like it's not appreciated. Now, as we celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ today, I just want to remind us that God has given us this great, this tremendous gift in Jesus Christ, that, that through Christ we could have a relationship with the creator of all things, that through Christ we could be reconciled, that we could have not just like a belief, but like a knowledgeable relationship with the God of all creation, that, that he would guide us, direct us, that he would love us and show us mercy, that he would give us peace that passes understanding, that he would walk through this life with us and also give us the gift of eternal life with him. We, we know that, we believe that, we have faith in that awesome truth. But what does that mean for us? Well, every great gift deserves a response. It deserves a response from us. I mean, it's disrespectful for us to receive a great gift and not respond at all. So what is our response going to be? Can I give you three things? Three, I think, applicable responses that we should have to receiving the greatest gift of all. I think, number one, we should have a heart full of gratitude. We should have a heart that cries out to God daily. Thank you. I don't deserve this, I didn't earn this, but you gave it to me anyway because you love me, you see something in me that probably most of the time I don't even see in my own self. Thank you, Jesus, a heart full of gratitude. Number two, a life marked by repentance. 
That's us pursuing God. That's us pursuing him and and trying to to please him, trying to honor him because we are grateful for what he's done for us. Because we believe he has our best interests at mind. And so we live a a life of repentance that that when we see sin in our own lives, we, we turn from it. We don't embrace it. We don't ignore it, but we turn from it. We go the other direction. We replace it in our lives. So we should have a heart full of gratitude, a life marked by repentance. And then lastly, I believe that, that if we have received and we understand this great gift, we should have a, a love for others that points them to Jesus. And that we should display that love as we walk and as we go to our Christmas parties and as we go back to work and as we go to the gas station, wherever we go, not just at Christmas, but all year round, we should have a love for others that points them to Jesus. That when they look at us and then we look at how we've cared and loved and shared, that they would, like, they would say, what's that person got? What's, what's the point of this? And we point them to Jesus. So how have you responded in your life? How have you responded to the gift of Jesus? How have you taken this gift for granted? Have you ignored it, left it unwrapped under the tree? Or have you opened this gift? Have you appreciated this gift? Have you allowed this gift to, to change you? What should your response be today? I want to encourage you. Respond with gratitude. Respond with repentance. And respond with love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful this morning, God, that you love us in ways that we don't understand and don't deserve. And God, that you saw it fit that you would send your son to die in our place so that we could be forgiven. What a great gift, God. We honor you and praise you and thank you for that today. Father, I pray that if there's anybody here today, anybody who hasn't responded to that free gift of salvation through Christ Jesus, that today would be the day that they respond, that today would be the day that they have a heart full of gratitude, that today would be the day that they say, I I can't live this way any longer. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from that life, from who I was, and I'm going to become today a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm making the decision now. And that their life would be marked with love for others because of the love they received, Lord, from you. Living for Christ, becoming a Christian, it's, it's nothing magical. It's simply spiritual. It's simply us believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he did what he said he'd do and that he's going to do what he promised to do. And if you believe that today, then you can rest assured that you have hope for eternity more. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to take a second to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with the newest messages from Skyline Church. If you'd like to explore more resources or donate to any of our missions, please visit our website at skyline.church. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Not only does it help us stay connected to you, but also helps others find this podcast. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.